Thanks for listening to this Arrow FM podcast shared on accessmedia.nz with the support of New Zealand On Air. Hey legend, welcome to World Domination. I'm your host Monica Ferguson, New Zealand girl mindset coach here to help you thrive, to help you heal, to help you overcome all those old feelings of unworthiness and fear and limits and doubts and help you to step into the greatness that you are literally created for. I bring you amazing people from all around the world to inspire and empower you. So let's get into it. Hey, beautiful people. Welcome back to this week's episode or this month's episode, I should say. Thank you so much for your patience. I have been offline for a hot minute. Um, and if you've been following me on Instagram, you'll see why I've shared a little bit about having just gone through a really heavy, dark kind of transformation time. And, you know, like the butterfly situation where you're kind of in the gooey cocoon and you're coming out. and <laughs> That's what this episode is going to be be about, only it's going to be a lot more serious. So I am going to start off with a trigger warning that this is going to speak to you know, mental health, depression, suicide, some stuff like that, as well as, of course, navigating things and always with you know an optimistic outcome because that's how we roll. But I feel like these are conversations that need to be had, especially in a space like this. And I feel like it is my duty to prepare people for what could possibly happen once they start truly getting serious about their own growth and their own healing, right? Because if I'm being honest, I feel like I I was failed by the people that I worked with who talked a lot about, yay, live your dreams and like focus and vision and isn't it amazing? Yeah, absolutely. Be excited about your life. Create, Create a vision that feels incredible. That's absolutely true. And of course, what we focus on expands, right? However, what I was not prepared for was the purge, right? Of the old story, my old fears, beliefs, stories, emotions, things that had been sitting dormant in my body, in my mind. And when I said, you know, I declared, right, this is who I am now. This is where I'm going. All of those things naturally get pushed to the surface And we need to know how to deal with those heavy, dark feelings that make you want to die. Where you're in so much pain, you can barely breathe, and it feels like there's no point in you being here. Right? We need to have these conversations because look at our statistics in this country. Who's talking about this stuff, right? Well, I am. So first things first, you guys know that I love to keep it real, right? I, (laughs) as much as I love sharing positivity and practical stuff, you know that I also speak about the real stuff because it's important. And one of the things that I've spoken into a little bit on this podcast, but not as much as I'm about to, is my own mental health, right? Like my whole life, it has been a thing. So when I say, you know, when I speak to these things, know that I'm speaking from experience in my own life, learning how to pull myself out of the darkest, darkest spaces over and over again and then also from a mindset perspective understanding what's going on in the mind and how we can actually counteract things before it gets that bad but also how we release this stuff from our body so that it's not continually being repressed right so let's go back a little bit some of you may know that I had a pretty pretty rough upbringing um 
poverty, domestic violence, uh, multiple divorces um, in my childhood. Um, and my mental health took a hit. I had so many beliefs and stories that I'd created through those experiences, like abandonment. Um, I was terrified of men. I didn't trust anyone because I always felt like I came last. So I learned to be quite a, I was a people pleaser for sure, because I always wanted to earn people's validation and their love. So I became a perfectionist. I was amazing at everything. And even as an adult, I've wondered, am I doing these things because I genuinely love it or am I trying to earn some sort of approval? And if I've been honest, sometimes that has been the answer. But why am I smashing myself so much? Oh, because I feel like I'll be worthy when I have this or this or this, right? So these are things that we've got to keep reflecting on. The growth never stops, right? It never stops. But anyway, so through this process of childhood, right, where I learned all this stuff, it was just kind of like survival mode. And I think it all came to a real head for me when I was about 18. And I would say my mental health really plummeted from 18 to 23. But then after that, I still really, really, really struggled. Um, But those five years were the key. And so what happened at that time is I'd just come home from Sweden. I did an exchange year living in Sweden and I'd come home back to small town New Zealand where I had changed and grown so much and everyone was exactly the same. All my friends. And so I I feel like that was probably the first, like the start of me being an outsider. Um, And like, I didn't want to go back to school because I hated school because I didn't really have any friends. And I just didn't like a lot of the kids. There's a lot of bullying and stuff that went on at school. I, I got bullied when I was younger. So I came back and I was like, what am I going to do now? And so I ended up finishing school via like correspondence school and getting a job. And it kind of disconnected me immediately, right? But I came home and things were not good at home and not good at all. A lot of tension. And then my brother died. And then like four months later or so, my parents moved to America. And so it was a lot of loss and a lot of processing. And of course, because I already had this story of abandonment that just sort of put the knife in, you know, and twisted it. And so what I did was I always punished myself. You know, I always turned inward. And I, some people go external and they get angry and they yell at other people. I never did. I got sad. I always saw it as evidence of me not being good enough. And so I'd get really depressed. Right. And so like after my brother died, I actually studied mental health. Um, and it was my mental health tutor that called my mum in America to say, she is not okay. And I wasn't. I wasn't leaving the house for like a week at a time. Um, I wasn't showering. Like I was just so dark. And I did not see any point in my existence on this planet. I didn't see my life. Oh, see, it makes me want to cry even now. Like I didn't, I didn't see that my life had value, you know, or that it mattered to anyone. And so I just got dark. And at that point, you know, you're 18 and everyone went off to university and stuff. So I was kind of like alone in this little town. And I was dating a loser at that time who treated me like crap. And it was not a good time. You know, it was not a good time. And so at that point, I turned to uh, my mask of choice at that point was alcohol. 
um, alcohol and boys and uh, one boy in particular. Um, and, you know, just self-sabotaged for a while. <laughs> and that was kind of the start of that. And then I ended up going to the States for a while. And when I came back, same again, just the themes that ran through were always this like feeling unlovable, unworthy, abandoned, alone, alone has been the biggest one that's come up throughout my entire life. And, and at that point when I'd come home, um, I got to the point where I was like serious. Um, and I'd written, like I'd written my letter and all that sort of stuff. And, and I, I remember talking to God and I was like, you know what? I'm going to text everyone that I know. And, um, if like, if someone texts back, then I'll see that as a sign, but I really don't think anyone would care if I wasn't here. Right. And so I, I text everyone and no one responded. I've never talked about this before you guys. This is wild. But obviously someone needs to hear it because I felt this pull to have this conversation for a couple of weeks. So, so anyway, I, what I had wanted to do was crash my car. And so, um, I went to get in my car and I drove down the road and I parked up and I was like, just talking to myself and, um, psyched myself up and I turned the car on. I went to turn the ignition and my car wouldn't start. And uh, I was like, what? Like it had been five minutes and I'd driven there. My car wouldn't start. And then my phone started blowing up <laughs> and people arrived. Um, friends arrived like on the side of the road in the middle of the night. And I was like, wow. So that was my sign. That was kind of where my faith really kicked in too. Like, wow, like I have a a purpose. <laughs> like I'm meant to be here, you know? And at that point I'd done no healing. I didn't know anything about any of this stuff. I just knew that I was so wounded. I was so like, I felt so broken and just worthless, like nothing, you know, like no one cared. And, and there were a couple of other times like that, that I got very, very close. Um, didn't learn the first time, <laughs> but that just kind of speaks to the, the depth of pain that I was in, you know? And so I ended up getting a job in mental health. Um, and I think this is really the turning point for me because my number one value right, is integrity. So like, I cannot stand um, hypocrites. Like I just can't stand it. And so I was like, if I'm going to work alongside people in mental health who are really going through it, I'm not going to say to them, hey, you need to do this and you need to eat well and look after yourself and exercise and be kind to yourself while I hated myself. I was like, this is not going to be how it goes. And I'd really started to become aware of my self-talk. Now, at this point, there were two books that I had read that had really started to alter my view on things. One was The Secret, which was all around the law of attraction, and just starting to make me aware that my thoughts were actually creating my life. So, of course, me thinking all day, every day about how useless and unworthy and unlovable and unattractive and stupid I was. You can imagine the sort of things that I was creating, right? Not good stuff. So there was that one. And the other one was Conversations with God, which I still think is the greatest book ever written. So that was kind of the turning point, right? I started working in mental health and I started empowering other people. And through that process, I healed myself, right? Now, here's the thing. I want to give everyone here permission to feel their feelings. 
And I don't care what toxic people on the internet say about, oh, just think positive thoughts, just focus, whatever. Uh, even my own coaches have said things that I highly disagree with. Um, the more that I've learned, the more I realize that the body holds everything. It holds every memory, every trauma. So it's not enough for, for us just to say, oh no, all is well. If the, the 95 to 98% of our mind that is unconscious is screaming like, no, I'm still in pain. I can't trust anyone. I'm unworthy. I'm not good enough. Everyone leaves me because that's our dominant belief, right? And it is our dominant belief that controls our life because the subconscious mind is responsible for our survival, right? So it is so important that we actually allow ourselves to release that pain, that darkness and all that trauma, all whatever it is that's that's sitting sort of, you know, hiding underneath the surface because it is absolutely running our life. And and we know that because we get triggered. Wherever there's a trigger, right? We know that there's still unresolved, unhealed trauma, pain, old beliefs, um, things that are not serving us, right? And so our work then, when we really want to create change and transformation in our life, is to understand that our power is in aligning the conscious and the unconscious mind, right? So so in my in my training, um they speak about the the conscious mind is the goal setter and the subconscious mind is the goal getter, right? So you decide consciously, right, uh, I want to be married with two kids or this house or I'm starting this business or I'm going to be a best-selling author or whatever the goal is, right? I want to be this this number on the scale. It doesn't matter what the goal is. You consciously decide, yes, this is what's happening. So then your subconscious mind, its job is to go and make that happen for you. So the thing is that, and this is where I come in with my clients and with myself, what's often happening for us is that we have a breakdown between the conscious and the subconscious. So consciously we say, yeah, like I really, I really um, desire to meet my person, to have an amazing relationship. But the subconscious part is still holding on to the childhood trauma, the abuse that it observed, where it learned that it's not safe, that you can't be vulnerable, that you know, that you don't feel like you're unlovable, so you, or that you feel like you're unlovable, sorry. So imagine this, consciously you're like, yeah, I'm so ready to meet the love of my life. And so you're out there going on dates and it's the same thing happening over and over and over and over again. Doesn't work out, doesn't work out. So you're just getting your heart broken all over the show and then you're creating stories around what that means, right? Because it looks like you've got evidence. The evidence is saying no one wants me, therefore I must be unlovable. But actually what was happening was that that belief of being unlovable was actually what repelled everyone because your mind is always trying to keep you safe. Your subconscious mind right, is always trying to keep you safe. So it doesn't care about your happiness. It does not care. And everything is neutral to the mind, right? So if you have unresolved stuff, stuff from your last relationship, pain that you're still holding on to that is going to get projected onto every new situation right if you have stories around money where you think that only greedy people have money you think that it's such a struggle and you're always stressed out about money 
but you're walking around saying, oh, no, I'm a millionaire. Guess what? No. The moment a bill comes in the mail, you don't act like a millionaire. You go back to your dominant belief and you freak out, right? So that's still being projected onto everything. So we have to line up the conscious and the subconscious. The only way to do that is to actually release the pain, release the trauma, right? We have to actually release that. Now, when we're when we're dealing with those really like heavy and dark emotions, something that I found really useful is to ask myself, like, what is this feeling here to show me? What is it trying to teach me? And trust the first response because that is your genius subconscious mind, right? And it always gives you clarity. It's always specific. You always know what it's about, right? So it might be like, yeah, alone. Like, I feel really alone. I'm scared that I'm always going to be alone. Now, this was one that I've been dealing with recently. And I was like, seriously? Like, we've done work on this. But it is like peeling the layers of an onion, right? So when I really sat with that, like, oh, my gosh, I still have fear about being alone. Okay. so. I was like, how can I support myself then? How can I, what do I need to help myself release this? And when I turned into it, I had so much rage, it wasn't even funny. Now, here's the thing. So often we are sacrificing our own needs for others, right? We're people pleasing. We don't want to hurt someone else. So we shove down our true feelings in order to spare someone else. And That's how we're raised, right? Now, the problem is that we hurt ourselves in the process. And of course, if we shove it into the unconscious, it doesn't go away. It continues to run our life. So we don't need to scream and shout at other people in order to release emotion. And in fact, I would not recommend that at all. A lot of the time, we don't even need to get the other people involved, right? It's actually very much about us and, you know, what whatever we need to release So in this particular case, I was raging and I'd had this idea for a couple of months that I wanted to get plates and write on them and then smash them. And at my house, I had heaps of extra plates. It's a long story. But um, so I grabbed like 20 plates and I wrote everything. And I mean everything, like the angriest, foulest, hideous, most hideous things I would never say out loud. But I allowed myself to express exactly what I meant, right? What I felt, I cried. Um, I, I allowed my, it was my inner teenager actually who came in in very specific moments from teen years, you know, that, that I was still angry about because I hadn't given myself time to actually process how hurt I had been or how abandoned I had felt or whatever it was. So I wrote it all on plates and I went outside and I smashed them. And it was so good. <laughs> it was so good. And, and that, and that, that particular, you know, couple of hours that I gave myself to do that had massive effects in my life. Massive. Now, was it easy? Hell no. Was it comfortable? No. But it's more comfortable to be present with what you truly feel than to ignore it. That resistance feeling is just the worst, right? And, I found this so often that the moment you turn, you confront something and you go, actually, I feel really depressed. Actually, I feel like absolute shit. Actually, I feel like I'm not good enough. And you say that and you allow yourself to just admit it. 
it takes the power out of it. And Tony Robbins speaks about this too. There's something so powerful about the acceptance of it because it means that you're in the present too. You're not actually running anymore. That running energy is exhausting. And it's not what we're here for. And that's a very masculine energy, right? And so, of course, in order to receive the new, we've got to be in a receiving more feminine energy, which is present. So if we're constantly running from ourselves and running from the past and running from our uncomfortable feelings, we're never actually in a position to receive. So our power is in healing our shit so we can sit in the present enjoy our lives, have this amazing vision that we're working towards, love ourselves enough to deal with whatever's coming up in the moment and then release it, right? So here's the thing. Sounds really nice when I put it like that, right? Now let's be let's be real here. It wasn't like that in real life. Like, yes, I did all those things that I talked about, but there were days, there were so many days that I spent in bed thinking I'm cooked, (laughs) like I'm done, my life is done, Um, and the universe, right, the universe has an intense way of getting things done, and here's the thing that I wish I was prepared for, is the contrast, right, like there is no light without dark, so when you set massive big visions, like we all should, because we're all called we're all put on this planet right now to do amazing big things. When we have the, the courage and the boldness to set those big goals, guess what? The equal amount of dark on the other side has to come up, has to move, has to create space for the new to come in. And I resent with a passion being told to just think good thoughts because the conscious mind is 2 to 5% of our mind. The majority of our thinking is happening at an unconscious level. So the best thing that we can do, the path of least resistance, is to release release the resistance, release the pain, release the fear, release those those bottled up emotions and not fear them because there's nothing to fear, right? Like it's uncomfortable to feel emotions like that and to cry and to feel really sad and really heavy. But it's so short term, like it really is such a a little blip, you know, in terms of our life, but we could ignore it and have it run us for the rest of our life. Or we could choose to be brave, ask it, what are you here to teach me? What are you here to help me with? Make that unconscious wound and trauma and pain or fear or whatever it is, make it conscious. And then we can choose what we do with it, right? We choose the new story, the new belief. And it doesn't have power over us anymore once it's conscious. So what I want to say is, firstly, compassion, self-compassion. We need to learn how to truly love and honor ourselves. Because if the roles were reversed and this was our best friend, you know that we would be so good to them, right? And this is how I have learned how to be with myself now. When when I have really heavy stuff come up, and there was a lot the last couple of months, it was like literally the universe creating this massive vacuum because my goals are like out of this world, right? So boom, there was a lot of space that needed to be created. There was a lot that needed to be released still for me to get to the next level. So that was heavy. And I was exhausted. 
so tired physically, mentally, emotionally. And that's why I haven't been online very much because I've been choosing myself. At the end of the day, I'm my number one client, right? And I'm no good to anyone if I am um, exhausted and defeated. And also, I'm never going to fake it. It's not what I'm here for. So I'm not going to show up online every day talking crap if I don't mean it, if it's not, you know, integrity-based, like from my actual heart. That is not my vibe. There are enough people doing that already. So we have to just honor the process. And we don't know what the process looks like. It's been since July until now, it's been one of the most challenging periods of my entire life, which seems insane, right? Given how many tools I have and how much knowledge I have on this. But that's why it's coming up because I'm in a position to honor myself as I navigate this stuff. Whereas in the past, I would have just been like, oh, yuck, too hard, too scary, shove it back down, go back to safety. The old familiar, right? So self-compassion. Be kind to yourself. Rest is so important. And we make up all these stories about it, you know, what it means if we're not productive all the time. But that's just bullshit. It's just how society has taught us to be, right? But it's not actually how we're wired, especially for women. Look at our our cycles, you know. Um, We're not meant to be on 24-7. That's not how we roll. So self-compassion. Now, number two. We must have clear goals. We must have clear goals because your mind will go where you tell it to go. So if you haven't bothered to tell it to go somewhere, it's going to continue going around in circles over what you've already had. So if you're sitting right now feeling so defeated and dark and depressed and you get up every day and you focus on my life is so shit, I'm so depressed, I'm so miserable. Um, you're going to just keep creating more of that. But the moment that you've locked in your vision, right, you've got your goals and other episodes I've talked about how to do this, but also like message me, I'll help you do this. Once you've locked those goals in, your mind is moving towards that in the background. So you can trust that anything that's coming up now in the present needs to happen in order for you to get to where you say you want to go. And so this, when I say set goals, this is not, This is not optional, but no, this isn't like a fluffy, nice thing. If you do not set a new goal, a new vision, you will get, you will not go anywhere. You'll continue to create exactly what you've got right now because everything is just reflecting back to you, your dominant thoughts. So healing, therefore, and releasing stuff is everything. It is the biggest power move, right? And so often, if we don't have that, if we don't have the vision and the goals, it would be so easy. Like me, when I was younger, there was no hope. There was no purpose. It was like, what's the point? It's never going to get any better. It's always this. Because it felt like that. Because I didn't really have any goals. So I just kept on having the same cycle repeat over and over and over again. Whereas now what happens is because I'm so focused on my end goals and I have my little daily mindset practices and things that I do, it means that I can be in the the thick of a really horrible, like, like emotional purge day, but I still know that it's happening for me. And knowing that it's happening for me means that I still allow myself to feel and cry and watch Netflix a day if I need to and nap or whatever it is that I need. Um, or go to the movies or literally whatever it is that I need or go to the gym. 
it doesn't matter. It's just you, you give yourself what you need, right? But knowing, knowing that my goals are locked in means that I can trust the process no matter how uncomfortable it is. And it's, it's all courage, right? It's that thing about choose your heart. It is hard to grow. It is hard to release the past, to feel our pain and trauma and feelings of unworthiness and all that stuff. It's hard. But it's hard living a life where you're constantly reactive and triggered and you're trying to control everything all the time because inside you haven't actually mastered your own feelings or because you're afraid of them. Because it's actually amazing how quickly these things will move. And this is why I utilize so many subconscious tools because when you're utilizing like hypnotherapy and NLP, and these are things that I use with my one-on-one clients, immediately, like from the moment they sign up, they get a hypnosis sent to them. It helps to start training the subconscious mind, which again, 95 to 98% of our mind, it teaches it that you're safe now. It teaches it how to think successful thoughts. So this isn't about willpower, right? It means that you're actually starting to train all parts of your mind to move towards success. So guess what happens? What you focus on expands, right? So the last thing that I'll just say, you guys, is this releasing thing, make sure that you release. Process release. Mind, body, spirit, right? We want to release it from the body. And when I say trust yourself, I mean it. In these situations, ask yourself, what do I most need right now? What is the best way for me to release this anger or pain or whatever right now? And like for those of you who follow me, you know, I use boxing. I love boxing for releasing stuff. I love journaling. I like dancing. I like singing. Smashing plates now, apparently. Um, I've even like literally screamed before. And these are actually all things that I'm going to start creating in-person events around, um, especially like the plate thing and the journaling stuff, because we need to make it okay to release emotion because it's literally ruining our lives that we don't know how to process our emotions. So this is the key. So you guys, I'm going to leave it there. Let me know if you have any questions. Let me know your aha moments. Look after yourselves. Choose yourselves. Know that everything's working out for you. But lock that vision in. Lock that end goal in and give your mind something positive to move towards, right? That is the key. Because everything is happening for us. All this releasing stuff is happening for us. And I promise you, that it's only such a short little time and you release it and then you're on the next level and you look around and you're like, oh my gosh, my life is magnificent. So you can absolutely do it. You do not have to do it by yourself. I'm here. Reach out to me if you want some help. Sending you guys so much love. Be brave. Go and change the world. See you next week. And that is a wrap. Thank you for showing up for yourself, for being here. And please let me know your aha moments. I want to hear all about them. For extra support, make sure you're following me on TikTok and Instagram at the Monica Ferguson. Check out the School of Greatness for self-study courses. And of course, if you want one-on-one mentoring, just DM me and I would love to have a chat with you. Go and slay the day. Thank you for being you. See you soon.